0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighter's Fury here on 790 the ticket. Toby here with you as the next hour will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Hell of a start to 2021. As you had Ryan Garcia beating Luke Campbell yesterday, seventh round knockout, big left hook to the body. And Luke Campbell was not able to get up before the count of 10. That was all she wrote. King Ryan gets himself uh, what was supposed to be a fight that was at the end of 2020, but instead kicks off the year in the right way because of Luke getting uh, a COVID-19. But uh, I mean, look, it was everything you would want from Ryan Garcia in this fight, he showed you. I think people wanted to see some adversity. They wanted to see a step up in competition. They want to see what a guy is made of. He's 22 years old, the pretty boy. Um, you know, is he the next coming of Oscar De La Hoya? All these types of things that were being asked. And really, I think out of you know a lot of the stars of this 135 division, um, the most unproven, the most questions about his skill set. Is he able to hang with the uh, the Teofimo Lopez's? The Tank Davis's, the Devin Haney's, and if he is, does he have the potential to be the biggest star out of all of them, uh, because of his popularity? And look, all of that other stuff will be remain will, will it, it remains to be seen. We're not we're not quite sure uh, what still remains of of, of who's going to come out of this round robin of the lightweight division. But what we do know is Ryan Garcia was able to show something. On Saturday night, and that was uh, a fortitude to get through some adversity. First time in his life that he's been dropped a monster right hand from Luke Campbell was timing it perfectly. He had a really aggressive Ryan Garcia. He was coming out of the shoot, really trying to make his imprint, make his point, bully uh, bully Luke Campbell a little bit, and uh, and left himself open. And he uh, he got he got flatlined. And it was it wasn't you know he got up pretty quickly. It didn't look like one where he was. Um, it didn't look like he was too wobbled or didn't look too out of it, but you could definitely see him looking up at the clock at the end of the uh, at the end of the round, how much he had to just get through it and move on to the next part. Uh, round three, I thought he bounced back really, really nicely. Um, tried to almost overcompensate for what happened the round before. Um, still wasn't uh, hitting it with the accuracy uh, that he was probably in the first round. Round four was probably the biggest one in question. Uh, I know that the I thought that Dazone was kind of fawning over the fact that he just got up from a, a knockdown too much, uh, and I thought that Luke Campbell was actually setting him up really nicely with some body shots. It was almost like a real life body shot challenge, because Campbell was just hitting that straight left home to the to the to the uh, to the soloplex a lot of the times on uh, on Ryan Garcia. But you know, and it wasn't it wasn't damaging yet it looked like something that may have been paying off if it was to to get to the point uh later on in this uh in this in this fight it was never to be as we would find out uh the fifth round was really where things changed though that is where that is where things really swung to ryan garcia all the way um i thought again luke campbell was showing his metal he was he was able to to uh to not be hit too badly by a lot of stuff but ryan was starting to unleash some bombs on him. A lot of it was getting caught by gloves, but he was no longer worried about the big shot anymore. He looked like he was more settled back into where he was early on in that fight, and so he was he was starting to, to tee off a little bit. Um, not all of it was getting through up until the end of the round. He cracks him with the, the check left hook right up onto the temple, and i mean luke campbell was hurt bad he's lucky that it was at the end of the round that it was ringed uh, that it was uh it was time for the bell he turned right into the ropes uh almost as if he was uh ready to, to to write it a day um it looked bad it looked bad it looked bad for luke campbell and so ryan garcia really looked like he was starting to you know turn turn the tide of the fight completely in his direction and really was going towards a dominant fashion Uh, round six, he was again coming out super aggressive, trying to take advantage of how badly he had him hurt at the end of the fifth. Um, so that first minute he was really going for broke, trying to, uh, trying to, to, uh, to go and find something to put it away. He was looking to try and time that check hook again, which has just been absolutely money for him the entire way, uh, against the Southpaw in, in Luke Campbell seemed like he was finding a home a lot of the time. Uh, Campbell wasn't dead yet, but he was drowning. Like it was starting to, to get to that point for him. Uh, and then round seven, uh, as it's going viral all over the place, you saw the check left hook right to the liver. That's all she wrote. Two knees down for Luke Campbell and Ryan Garcia has himself another star performance. And this division has been absolute fire. It has been on fire for all of the, this abbreviated, it's almost like an NBA season. Let's call it the twenty to twenty-one season. Um, we thought back, you know, back in January, this had a potential to happen. When you knew Tufimo was setting up for Lomachenko, that had a chance to be a changing of the guard. Uh, Javante Davis, who's still fighting at one thirty, but you know is is ready to make the jump up uh, ASAP. Uh, had the uh, you know the 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 knockout of the year in uh against Leo Santa Cruz with a vicious mortal combat style uppercut. Uh Devin Haney, I would say right now with what people probably think is maybe the most well-rounded out of all of them uh from a boxing skill set and and what he has is probably the guy who's lagging behind right now. And it was a little bit tough because after the bout um he was asked who he wants to fight Ryan Garcia. There's a couple th- there's a couple questions that I did have. One, I don't understand why the WBC has a an interim championship for this fight, because I just saw the regular champ fight. So I don't really understand. It's just WBC, they seem like they can peek their beak in on anything and, and throw a belt up there. But whatever. Ryan Garcia walks away with a with a WBC championship around his waist too. WBC belts all around willy-nilly. Let's let's just do it. Um So I was a little bit, I was questioning that. And then if he is going to be the interim champion, doesn't that naturally just put him into, okay, he fights Devin Haney next? Uh, That would seem almost too logical. Like, wouldn't the the guy, I I just, I don't really understand that, why we're uh, just throwing belts around willy nilly. And then when we do, we're not going to quite stick to where we go with everybody. It's just strange for me, man. I don't understand it. You know, I'm just a simple man trying to keep the way it is with all this type of stuff. But for whatever reason, you know, we we, we find ourselves in, in weird lands. So, Devin Haney is the WBC champion. Uh, but as far as interim style, Ryan is the interim champion. Yet they're not going to fight. Because he's going to go fight Tank Davis. Who, of course, is the super featherweight champion of the world. Um, I don't know. Either way, look. This division is absolute fire. It is. It is. And, I, and I, I, if I, if I wasn't, you know, in a, in a studio chair, I would get down on my knees and I would beg, I would beg the boxing gods because Lord knows they F us over enough. Don't screw this up. Okay. You have such a golden opportunity in front of you with all of the great uh, potential bouts out there that you can make. You have a 23 year old uh, undisputed champion to, to most people's eyes or if you still dispute and think Devin Haney deserves to be there, fine. But the in my mind, the undisputed champion Teofimo Lopez is great, charismatic, powerful fighter, fun fighter, pleasing fighter. Don't know if he's long for the division. You have Devin Haney, charismatic also. Uh, you know, not obviously didn't have the knockout this year against Yuriyoski Gamboa, and didn't have the performance against Yuriyoski uh, Gamboa that the other three did. You know, Tiafemo, that's his, that's his big bugaboo there, is that you have Tiafemo, standout performance against Lomachenko in many people's eyes, fighter of the year. You have Javante Davis, you know, highlight reel knockout, knockout of the year. You have Ryan Garcia having this heroic comeback fight that everybody's going to remember. It was almost very Anthony Joshua-like in the way that he came back against uh, Vladimir Klitschko, where they're trading back and forth. Um, now he's going to be on everybody's mind. So and it sucks for Devin because Devin is uh, you know Devin was there in the crowd, so he is there trying to make the fight. I remember I sitting down with him at the Super Bowl that he is uh, you know they've fought in the amateurs before, so they they have a background. Uh, and there's 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 great story and footage from there. Um, you saw him go around this week. He was talking up about a, a fight with Tank Davis. I don't know, it, you know that also seems like the easiest fight to make. They're both under contract with the Zone. They just did this uh with uh with the promoter crossover between golden boy and eddie hearn that's what they did for luke campbell so that to me seems like the most natural place to go um to them saying that they're going to get a gervonta davis fight i'm skeptical of that but he made it clear that is where he wants to go the crowd made it clear that is where they want him to go they want him to go fight tank davis um it's an interesting fight in in, in a clash of size for sure You know, Javante has been doing some, some, some work down here a little bit, but you know, he is five, 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 six on a good day is obviously got the, the, uh, the punches that he can unleash that are, are, are hellacious and powerful. You know, Ryan is going to stand there right in front of him and trade. And we've just seen that he is susceptible to being knocked down now for the first time in his career. So, you know, can tank do some work there? Certainly looks like he's got an opportunity to, to unleash some punches, um, we know that against Leo Santa Cruz, he was willing to take that type of punishment to walk through and, and find himself. He really didn't seem worried, but that was, again, against a, a smaller man, a guy who was coming up in weight as it is and, uh, listen, is much more decorated and experienced than anybody that he's going to face, really, in this 135 division, but even still is, uh, is going to be in a spot where he uh, is is stepping up in size, and obviously we know that Ryan Garcia... Even under the circumstances of getting knocked down, is a very, very dangerous dude to take on. The point of it all being, really, though, is that look, you have these four gentlemen here in this in this weight class um, that you can make all these fights with, and it is it is tremendous and incumbent upon boxing to not f this up. I I, I really like I, I I'm you know. We're all excited. We've all seen a lot of these guys pass tests with flying colors. Um, And so don't do the thing you always do, which is string it along, make it take too long, um, you know, have one of these guys, you know, fall into a mistake like Ryan Garcia did today. Um, Maybe he doesn't get up the next time and isn't able to, to, to withstand it and isn't able to come through. You know, maybe Tank Davis gets in there with somebody who's a little bit too big and puts it on him, and he's not able to, to come up with a, with, a, with a home run knockout. You know, maybe Tiafema Lopez can't make this wait for, for much longer. You know, just don't F around with it too much. These guys may all seem young, and it may seem like you have all the time of day. As we have seen with this past year, if you want any resolutions for 2021 boxing, Do not. Do the thing you always do, which is try and screw fans over and drag these things out. Because as we have seen, time can change on an instant. All right. The world literally can be shut down at any point now. And fans can be taken away. It all can be taken away. So when you're trying to squabble over these percentage points and, you know, who's the man, who's that? Like, they're, you know, they're yesterday they're calling Ryan Garcia. They're like, you're the shot caller at 135. No, he's not. He's not the shot caller. Is he super popular? Yes, he is. He's not a shot caller. He doesn't even have a belt. Okay, that I don't know what that was that they put him on on him yesterday. He should have honestly. This is what King Ryan should have uh, done. This. He should have just taken the crown. Don't even take the interim belt. Okay, it's a waste of time. He should have done like a Justin Gaethje did in the in in, uh, in the UFC. I don't want that belt. I don't want that that Fugazi, uh interim title. All right, Devin Haney. He's already being called the email champion for for being dubbed. The guy with the WBC. Forget that nonsense, man. But don't squat. Oh, Gervonta, he's the most popular guy. You know, Floyd's going to go that route. I was gonna, no, 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 he's the most popular. You got the, the and that's a natural robbery. Great storylines. Oscar Oscar promoting uh, Ryan and Floyd promoting Gervonta. It, it just, psh, you know, like it, it's a natural promotion. And I think the fight would be absolutely fantastic. The lead up would be fantastic. I would like them to do it. I'm just saying, like, let's not go the route of like, "Hey, we say we're gonna fight." Everybody says they want to fight each other. That's what they said yesterday. Keep your word to it. Don't don't say it and then don't do it. But a hell of a performance yesterday by Ryan Garcia. Uh, I think answered what a lot of people wanted to see was, you know, could he withstand a tough storm? Could he withstand some adversity? How would he go with the uh, the step up in competition? Uh, he did it marvelously and, uh, and hopefully we'll set up a lot of monster fights with, uh, the lightweight division, whether that be, you know, Javante coming up or whether that be him taking on Devin Haney naturally for, you know, the DAZN WBC connection there. And, uh, maybe hopefully down the road after probably take takes on George Cambosis, If he's able to get past George, maybe at the end of the year, we have a new fight for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world. Um, Great night last night. We'll get into a little bit of UFC on the other side after this. Welcome back, everybody, to Fighters Fury. So I want to get into a little bit of the UFC as their schedule is a little bit quiet for a couple of weeks. Uh, they'll be getting going around January 16th as you'll have Max Holloway back in action, taking on Calvin Cater. I'm excited to watch Max Holloway fight again. You know, a lot of the times when... You know, a a guy, you take him out of title contention, people think, oh, you know, well, that's kind of the end of him. You know, that's that's the – some guys I don't think that's true. Some guys I just think that, you know, they had their title run. uh, It was great. And I think you're just going to be very excited about watching them fight every single time, no matter who it is. Not to say that they can't be champ again. It's not to say that they won't get back to the top. But I don't think Max Holloway needs a belt for people to love to watch him fight. He's one of those exciting fighters – especially if you think about the lower weight classes. A lot of people consider him, you know, the best featherweight of all time. I don't have him quite there, but he is one of the best featherweights of all time. And you think about all of the options that are kind of there for him, it's freeing not to have the belt at some point. Uh, Robbie Lawler, I thought this was the case. You know, Robbie Lawler, was he was a great champion, but any fight that he has is going to be epic. And I mean, the, the championship fights can only get as epic as, as as the most epic. you know, you think this week was the anniversary of him versus Carlos Condit, one of the uh, the the best title fights of all time. him versus Roy McDonald, maybe the best fight of all time, especially for a title fight. And you think about these type of fighters and how fan pleasing they are. I don't think Max Holloway needs the belt to have any clout. And I also don't think, by the way, that uh, I don't think that this idea that he should have been, Dismissed at 155 immediately. I actually think it would be kind of cool to have him go up into that into that weight class again, and and, and be kind of part of a, a new injection. If Habib isn't going to be coming back, um, there's a lot of whispers, rumors, murmurs that this upcoming fight between Dustin Poirier and Conor is going to be for the lightweight championship. world. a lot of people think that it's tilting that direction. And I think that having a Max Holloway there would be great. Yeah, he's lost to Connor and yeah, he's lost to Dustin, but those are two epically good fighters. And when all of a sudden do we become, you know, the the sport where, you know, you watch UFC and oh, if a guy loses a fight, then the, he's out of that weight class. What is this? Boxing? No, that's not how it's supposed to work. So I'm looking forward to it. I I, I just think that uh that Max Holloway it sucks that he is in this uh no man's land against Alexander Volkanovsky where Volkanovsky's the champ. Um, you know, think of what you want with the the two wins. I especially think that the second one I thought should have tilted Max's way. You know, I've heard the arguments the other way. Um, I don't think they're good ones, but whatever. I, but I get it. If you are Volkanovsky, it's time for you to move on to something new in your life as well. It's not, it's not his fault that the judges were in another opinion that they liked his style too much or like the way that he went about something too much. So, you know, I, I don't think that's on, that's on Volkanovsky, but I do think with Max who's only 29 years old. Still at this point, he's just got a, a lot left to him. And him versus Calvin Kidder is a hell of a matchup, man. It's a lot of fun. Uh, two guys who are just a- absolutely tremendous strikers. And really, I think they are going to bring a lot to the striking table. And I think that for him, um, he's always going to be one of these guys where no matter what Max Holloway, what status he's at, who he's fighting, I think for the long run, people are going to have just such a respect for him that he's not going to need uh, the, the the belt to be around his waist to get a shot again. What he really needs, though, is he needs somebody else to beat Volkanovski, which sucks if you're him because it's just unlikely that with the position Volkanovski's in that he is going to get a crack of the belt again. Um, but Volkanovski not in this spot where uh, you know, I think if, even if he, let's say he ends up fighting Brian Ortega for the championship, I don't think that he's in this position where, you know, he's going to warrant an automatic rematch. Like he hasn't done, he hasn't had that long a reign to deserve such a thing. So, you know, maybe Max isn't that far off, you know, he's going to take on a, a, on a, a doorstep top five guy here. And I think that for his standpoint, if you do win it, it does put him right back in the situation. We're seeing this a little bit right now. There's You, you never know what that next domino that's going to drop right now. Like we saw this week it was announced that Jan Blahovic is going to be fighting Israel Adesanya for the light heavyweight championship. And Izzy is moving up. Stylebender is going to leave 185 and it I think fairly you know brings up the question well is he ever coming back because ultimately everybody wants to see him fight John Jones um that's not to dismiss Jan Blahovich or whatever he's able to do uh but but that's just this kind of seems the crash course now John came out this week and he dismissed or threw Cold water on the idea that he is ever going back to 205 uh we'll see you know that's what he says now, um, and I get it. I don't think that John Jones wants to be looked at as a guy who has to chase uh, a certain fight, especially at two hundred five, which is a, a division that he's reigned over for so long. What why? Did, what does he have to prove there with everybody that he has been in that division? He's beat two generations worth of guys, even if the the last generation's gotten a little bit closer with uh, with Santos and and uh and uh Dominic Reyes even if it has gotten closer it's it's still one where he's gotten his hand raised and for that you got to give respect for for what it's been um but do i believe that that that's completely out of the question that he fights 205 i don't know i mean he's always said that he wants the numbers to talk he wants the money to talk it seems like that the ufc and him are going in a good direction that they're going to get back to him fighting at heavyweight it was such an interesting year for the UFC because it felt like they threw cold water on a lot of their guys, mostly Jon Jones and Conor McGregor. Uh, and you think about Jorge Masvidal, where Masvidal basically needed a, a, a an insane Hail Mary act of God to get him the money or close to the share of the money for pay-per-view that he wanted to fight Kamaru Usman. Remember, remember, this isn't like he originally was uh, it's not like Gilbert Burns uh, just waltzed right into it willy-nilly like these things all happen so now that we're headed towards a, a a more vaccinated world it's a very odd way to put it um crowds are starting to seep in especially in Texas you know will we see a world that um will have the UFC and, and John Jones you know more agreeable to getting a deal done because the UFC will have more uh more you know, ways to get revenue by having fans in the building. It's not something, it's not like boxing. It's not like something that's a big concern of John's, which I think is why a lot of fighters were pissed is like, you know, okay, you don't have fans. That's uh that's not my problem. Um, but if you're the UFC, you're like, yeah, man, but you know, this is, this is what it is. Like, otherwise we could just, you know, we'll throw Davidson Figueredo on four straight pay-per-views and just roll with it that way. Um, but as far as izzy going up to be a double champ i think that it's good for the storyline because you know he is one of the most popular guys right now he is a he is a great antagonist to john jones and i think that john is always more interesting when he hates his opponent and you know it's 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 it's, it's a one it's a one man case but i you know him versus daniel cormier is just a fascinating rivalry that's very bitter and has been going down for years. And I think that if you could find something else like that. um, It would just add another fascinating chapter. And I do think that with him looking more vulnerable. It has a chance to be you know, a fascinating fight because people are going to buy into Izzy. If he's able to get past Jan and he's able to get this belt around him, there are people who, especially I think the new generation of of UFC fans are going to buy into Israel Adesanya is going to kick his ass. That he's got all the striking, he's got the size, he's got the quickness advantage, Um, he's got his great takedown defense. If he's able to keep it a standing fight that he may have... The tool bag to beat John Jones in a way that Cormier didn't because Cormier was smaller. And even in Cormier, those pockets of success that he did have in those fights, it was always going to be having to be him going through a buzzsaw because he's 5'8, five, 5'9, five, is portly, and it's a tough physical matchup for him. So this was an interesting domino to fall this week. Now, here's what John had to say in regards to uh, the light heavyweight movement. Um, uh, When I move, you move just like that. Shout out to Ludacris. Name another fighter who's made more men retire, switch weight classes, or switch organizations altogether. I'll wait. Um, I left the light heavyweight division because I was terrified of Dominic, even though... Jan was guaranteed the next title shot. And then, once the middleweight champion suddenly moved up, I knew I made the right choice. Glad I decided to take the easy route. And then that's a three-way picture of him, Stipe, and Francis Ngannou. I didn't leave the light heavyweight division uh, to challenge myself. I ran out of fear. And then he puts a cringe emoji, laughing, crying emoji, goat emoji, and a poop emoji. Poop emoji is always funny. And then a fan retire. Uh, fan response says, you're running to face this monster, apparently. It's a picture of Francis Ngannou glistening of muscles. And John responds, yep, just couldn't fu- uh, couldn't see myself beating Yon. His style is nothing like I've seen before. Uh, cringe face emoji. And the thought of fighting a middleweight striker in 2021 was the final straw. Figured Francis' takedown defense was worse, so I had to run. Um... So, and then another fan kind of responds the same way, and he loves that cringe face emoji. But, yeah, look, John makes some fair point. Anybody who thinks that he's running scared of Israel Adesanya, that seems silly. I mean, what you know, I think that there is a level of John that doesn't want to give the clout, the respect, any of that stuff to Israel Adesanya, and I think that he still wants to make that fight cook a little bit. I still think, you know... We talk all the time in fighting about how, you know, we want the best to fight the best, and we want these things to uh, you know, we want these guys to clash as soon as possible. Typically, this is one where I still think like the more time that there is for these guys to blast each other, the more time there is for Izzy to add to his resume, and even for John. If John is to become a heavyweight champion to add to his resume, I think it only makes the fight. Bigger. They're not in this age yet where it needs to happen. I think in 2021 or early or mid 2021. It could happen at the end of 2021 or in the middle of 2022. And I think it would still be a monster. I really, really do. Now, obviously, there's a huge risk here because this isn't like boxing in that uh, you could find opponents to carry. Like, John's going to go up and he's going to fight Stipe and he's going to fight Francis. And Whatever you think of John Jones's skill set, and I think the world of them, it's still a huge risk. And Francis can go beat the brakes off of anybody if you give him the right thirty seconds. Uh, he's strong enough. He's powerful enough to go put John into another planet. Now that said, what happens when it gets past a minute? Okay, now we can talk. Uh, Stipe, you know Stipe is is the most decorated heavyweight champion of all time. a a fantastic he's the best heavyweight champion of all time I mean it's 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 a tough argument if you're going to go with anybody else more title defenses the resume that he has all of that stuff considered uh and and by the way the one that everybody's scared of in France and he beat the holy hell out of um maybe you want to argue that Francis it was a little bit too fat fine whatever beat the holy hell out of him so John's got Big stuff uh, 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 up in front of him, and if he is able to beat either of those guys to become heavyweight champion, that's going to just make his goat status, I think, even grow even more. And I also think we'll probably put aside some of the uh, the PED stuff. Like it's, it's. Uh, I always said this with Daniel. You know, I think one of the big reasons it was huge for Daniel to just get the heavyweight championship is because it was important for him to have something separate from John Jones. I think it. You know. I think it solidified him as a great fighter. A lot of people, you know, went crazy, like Ariel Hawani you know, who was like, "Oh, I think this puts Daniel Cormier in in the realm of being the greatest of all time." No, no, it didn't do that. But I do think that it it solidified Daniel Cormier as a great champion. You know, there there are there there are certain uh, pecking orders to these things, and I, I think for 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 DC, him getting that different weight class belt was huge for him because it just had nothing to do with John Jones it was it was just a thing on his own and there was a lot of what ifs to, well what if he never you know went down to light heavyweight what if he was just the guy at this division the entire time what if he didn't you know kowtow to to Kane Velasquez when he came to the UFC and with John it's going to it's going to be tough for him to ever touch his legacy at 205 which always is going to come with the PED baggage and stuff like that. But if he does do it, you know, you got to think that this is, you know, going to be the most tested guy that there is. He's taking on uh two possibly two freak shows up here, and if he gets this heavyweight title, I do think that it's going to cleanse a lot of that stuff. Um, and this, I'm kind of going off on another tangent between him and Izzy. And then as far as him and Izzy is concerned, look, um, I don't think it's impossible for John Jones to get himself back to two Oh five. If they were to end up doing it there, I think the money will probably talk. Um, is it dangerous for him? Like, is there a Roy Jones situation where if he, you know, wins the title at heavyweight and then he tries to shrink himself back down? Is he going to I don't know. Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I do think that, Either way, him versus Izzy, it's okay if it cooks a little bit and these guys grow where they are already, which I think is pretty fantastic. Um, now, that being said, like, look, if this fight ever does happen, I'm still picking John. Okay, I've never ever seen him look. I've never seen him lose. I've never seen him lose, even in the ones where it was close. Uh, I still thought that he got should have gotten the nod, but I get it. You know, if you thought Dominic Reyes won, fine. If you thought Tiago Santos won, that's okay. Um, but even Izzy has had has had real scary times. And against dudes who are like five, you know, middleweights, who are the size of Daniel, you know, who are the height of Daniel Cormier, given him all he can handle from a striking standpoint. Um, you know, the, he's still in that spot where there are fights where Izzy wins, but he's not dominant. And John Jones, we saw look like, it took a long time for people to think John Jones looked vulnerable. All right? Before these last couple of years, you had one fight that you could go to, all right? Where he was, you know, partying, coked out of his mind and people could go to like one fight and you still knew that he came back and won that thing. Um, with Izzy, we've already seen, you know, a fight where he's looked very close to losing. We've seen a fight where he looks vulnerable. We've seen a fight where he looks like the greatest striker known to man. And we've seen some fights that have been quite frankly, pretty boring. So for him, I still think there's some growing of star power to go with Israel Adesanya. And I think for John, um, getting this win at heavyweight, I think it would be absolutely, uh, I think it would be a monster for him. And I think it would actually make a fight. Between him and Izzy even bigger. If it were to go down uh, at some point down the line. We'll take a quick break here on Fighters Fury. get to some more news of the week. We're back after this. Welcome back everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. We roll on in the first show of 2021. Thank you to everybody for uh, for tuning in. Uh, very much looking forward to getting rolling for the new year. And uh, happy to be back. man. Happy to be back from vacation. Happy to be back from... Um, the time off, I I don't know if I'm going to do the two week to end the year type of thing, uh, anymore. It felt like it was too much. Um, but mostly, you know, we didn't do much, you know, we, 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 took a little quick, uh, two day trip not to get to, not to get into it with everybody. But, um, I think that if it was maybe a day and age where like, I actually went, and, um, made the vacation pay off where it was like, Oh, I went and did this and I went here and I did that. Um, you know, by like week two, I was already going back to heat games, kind of, kind of working. So I don't know. It, w- it was still fun. I enjoyed it. And, uh, and I'm happy to be back. So, uh, we will talk about this. We got into this a little bit, uh, last week. We talked about fights that we want for Christmas. And, um, you know, one of the fights that I want to see is, is Jorge Masvidal versus Colby Covington. Dana White did come out this week and he did an interview with the schmo, uh, and told him that, quote, I think Masvidal said that uh, he kind of doubt like there was some there's some, been some talk that like Masvidal doesn't want the the Colby fight uh, because of the styles of it taking on back to back wrestlers. You know, Masvidal's rise is, as, uh, you know, technically was against a wrestler like the biggest knockout that he's had was against Ben Askren and Ben Askren's you want to talk about the, the war striker out of all of them between uh Camaro and 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 Colby like bends at another level. That's why people think that he's a uh, an underdog to Jake Paul. I mean you had the fastest knockout loss in in mixed martial arts history. Um so Dana said, I don't think it's Masvidal said, I don't like the fight stylistically. We're working on that fight. It's a fight that we want to and hopefully we'll get it done this year. Quote, uh he goes on and says, uh I'm telling you we got nothing but big fights this year, so hopefully we can get a couple of those key ones buttoned up to start and and looking forward to them. And I would like it too. I, I mean like I think that the uh the, the drama's only gotten bigger, especially with Colby not being an American top team and him going down to MMA Masters. Um, you know, I, I think that the the personal grudge is just gonna be tremendous between the both of them. And I, you know, I, I think that it's gonna be I think it's it, it's one of those things where yeah, I I I get the uh I get the uh the the type of problems that Colby can create. But but you know, look. Colby has been one of these guys. It's not like he's going and he's trying to take you down. At, not, I mean, he just comes at you with just a, such a, a hellacious pace. Um, but he does throw a lot to get in there. You know, it's not like he he kind of walks in there and, and and pushes you up against the cage like Kamaru does. There's a there's a different clash to them, which is kind of what made Kamaru and Colby's fight so damn good. But I've said this with George, like if he does hope to get back to Kamaru Usman. I get the argument that, that, you know, Oh, I took the fight on short notice. I should get an immediate remit. That's fine, man. But you know, this is a a pretty stacked division and the way to get back there is to go and, and, and win against one of the top contenders. And if you beat Colby Covington, there's no denying that he should be the next guy, especially with all the stuff that's going on between Hamza Shemaev and, um, Leon Edwards, which got postponed again. That's, you know, that's uh, people have compared it to uh, to Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. I'm not gonna get there yet because really it's like the two new kids on the block, and uh, even with Leon having the win streak that he is, like he hasn't had that breakthrough performance. Most people know him as the guy who got three-pieced in the soda by, by George. So, um, and, and Shamayev, like, I'm gonna be honest with you, with Hamzit, right? It's very awesome what he did on Fight Island, it's and it's cool, but. It, it loses a little bit of luster when it's like, okay, then we don't see you again. And, and it's the, through nobody's fault. I know what the circumstances are this year, but then I feel like he almost got taught by Davidson Figueroa doing uh, two title defenses or, or two title fights in the span of uh, two and a half weeks. That's a more badass move than anything. So, you know, for my money, it feels like he kind of almost got outshined. We saw Kevin Holland do this too, where he was fighting like crazy. So, yeah, Hamzat had a had a had a had a great year uh, and all that type of stuff. And I think for a lot of people, it was like, oh, this guy's going to be a shoe-in for Fighter of the Year. But I do think that um, once he got that shine of the boogeyman, well, then all of a sudden we're not seeing the uh, the guy fight as as often. And so, look, three fights is still a lot for a year. It's it's a great year for a lot of people. I'm just saying, if that's your thing, if you're if you're the guy, so. Uh, for, for this to, to get kicked down the road, it stinks. It it stinks that, that it's, uh, it's at that point where we're not able to, uh, we're not able to get it, but I don't put it at the class of Tony versus Habib because those guys for the longest time were looked upon as the creme de la creme of a division. And we never got the matchup. It was set up for title fights and we never got it. And all that type of stuff. So there's a lot of extra factors. I don't quite uh, put it at that level, but it does seem uh, it does seem a little bit, a wee bit cursed at the moment, which sucks. Uh, the other thing that we uh, will get to is uh, there's some news on Canelo Alvarez, who is uh, uh, a darling right now. Everybody's happy with Canelo, especially after his last performance against Callum Smith. Uh, apparently, Canelo and Eddie Hearn are working out the details for a two-fight deal that would have uh, Canelo take on Avni y- Yildirim, uh on February 27th in Guadalajara, Mexico, so it'd be a homecoming fight for Canelo on to zone. And then after that, uh it would be a fight against Billy Joe Saunders, and that would be later on in the year. And that's a pretty two you know, that's uh I'm not like huge to see him fight his mandatory, but Canelo having a homecoming fight will be really, really cool. It'll be a very cool visual and that's pretty active. Like if you're going to say Canelo's going to fight sometime in February and then again Cinco de Mayo possibly. Um that's pretty awesome. Like that's not that's not something I think boxing fans should really complain about. Like I know it's not the uh I know it's not the premier opponent that we'd all like to see. Um but for my for my standpoint, that's pretty great. And it does seem like him and Eddie Hearn had themselves a, a good relationship going here. And if he goes in and gets past Billy Joe Saunders, maybe we see him against uh, Demetrius Andrade. Another guy that, that, that Eddie Hearn had, like he's got some guys in that stable where uh, I would be pretty happy if Canelo got matched up with, uh, with Matt room, if you will. So that seems like the direct, that seems to be the more rumored direction that we're going into rather than him venturing off into the PBC universe. But that's possible too, you know. If he does this and he doesn't like the Android matchup, any uh, Android matchup, and then he wants to venture off into the end of the year and do a, a September fight against, um, you know, Caleb Plant or 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 Charlo or somebody like that, that'd be pretty fantastic. So Canelo's uh, Canelo's looking like he's got himself some some busy times coming up uh, in the uh, in the meanwhile, as uh, as we get this 2021 year uh rocking along. I did see that that uh De La Hoya was speaking this week as he was doing promotion for Ryan Garcia's fight and he was talking about uh he wants the Mayweather rematch, which I'm not that into. I gotta be honest with you. I'm not into Oscar De La Hoya versus uh versus Floyd Mayweather. The thing that was supposed to make Oscar's comeback special was that he is coming back for real. If he is going to come back for real, I want him to fight Canelo. I gotta be honest I've I've been step I know it's a terrible you know Theoretically, it's a terrible idea because what Oscar de la Hoya hasn't fought in years. You got, you know, you saw him withered against Manny Pacquiao. But if he's going to come back, all right, if you're really going to come back and you're Oscar de la Hoya, let's do it. Okay, let's just do it for real. Him and the Canelo grudge match is fantastic. They have the blood feud. Clearly, it was only on the Oscar side because. Canelo's sitting here, you know, skipping through the tulips with DAZN, ready to do uh, another three fights with a company that he left. W- kind of felt like in shame because they had this uh, this amazing deal, and then he just up and leaves after three fights. Now he's back in because there's no Oscar De La Hoya involved. That's the fight I want to see if I'm going to see Oscar come back. And again, I'm saying, like, if you're Canelo and you're doing these two fights, you're taking on your mandatory, you're taking on a Billy Joe Saunders. Canelo could be a lot of giving. Imagine how many pay reviews Canelo versus Oscar de la Hoya September 2021 would do. It would be unbelievable. The only thing I think that really, uh, well, I guess like commissions could stop it. But business-wise, I would say the only thing that really stops it is Canelo wouldn't want to make Oscar de la Hoya any money. Because if you're Canelo, you probably think to yourself, I'm going to make a lot of money no matter what. But you would also get to kick his ass. Which uh, which would be something, and you know Oscar's got no shot to win that fight. He's got no shot, no shot in hell. I wouldn't. I would imagine the odds for Oscar De La Hoya versus Canelo Alvarez would venture into the realm of Logan Paul versus uh, Floyd Mayweather. Like it's in that same scope for me. But but it's not an exhibition. Uh, You seemingly could do it in a weight class that is doable. And, you know, look, Oscar at a different time when he wasn't in this, you know, degenerate phase where he's doing a lot of personal stuff. I mean, like this is the Golden Boy. Like this is these are the two of the biggest stars of all time. Certainly two of the biggest Latin boxing stars of all time. And you get a chance to match them up in in almost a fantasy type matchup. He is currently 47 years old. And he will turn 48 in February. He will be, in just about a month's time, uh, he will be 48 years old, and he last fought against Manny Pacquiao 12 years ago. So his last fight was 12 years ago, so he was 36 years old when he last fought. I'm into it, man. I'm telling you, I'm into that fight. Uh, I probably shouldn't be. It's a little guilt, guilt, but Canelo... Canelo is in this fine line where Canelo's taking some big fights. It's not like he has anything to prove. Uh, he's a guy who is hunting and trying to become undisputed champion. But if you're telling me that Canelo Alvarez is going to be taking on his mandatory this year for the WBC and he's going to be taking on Billy Joe Saunders. If you're telling me this, that if you wouldn't be okay with this year, wrap it up with him taking on Oscar de la Hoya. You're crazy. You're crazy. So i'm uh i i'm I'm kind of i'm strangely into that i really really am but we'll see we'll see what uh what kind of weirdness this year is going to bring us with boxing we will uh we will talk to you guys same time same place next week thank you for tuning in uh looking forward to a fantastic 2021 with you guys looking forward to bringing you more fantastic fight guests this year really enjoyed all the interviews we were able to do in 2020 and we think that we'll be able to bring you uh, even better ones in 2021 so Everybody have a great rest of your week. Have a healthy, happy new year. And we'll talk to you next time.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?